Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of Geek Town Radio in a week that it seems that orange really is the new black. <laughs> we're, we're back with Mike. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I think I'm okay. <laughs> I just have I have this sudden urge to build a vault of my own in the back garden and stock some, up on some sort of food. bunker yeah 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 it's kind of like the start of fallout yeah you know yeah. it's just life going on as normal but in the background the televisions are saying terrible things yeah yeah uh, the door rang a bit earlier and i was half expecting it to be a vault tech person telling me that i've been selected but he wasn't he was jehovah's witness oh god <laughs> nearly as bad yeah <laughs> Yes, so um, we're going to try and not talk about any of the craziness that's that's been going on <laughs> for the uh, the last couple of days, and we're impartial, and, and try and be impartial and and just ignore it and make it a sanctuary away from all that stuff. So, um, what have you been doing this week then? <laughs> um, so I finished watching the second season of Narcos eventually. Oh yeah, cool. Um, it's taken me a while to get through it. Basically, I've just been around and about a lot, so. Um, but yeah, I finished watching that. Very good. Um, not as good as the first season. No, no, I think that's fair. I think there was more focus on um, on the bad guys as well this time. So I think last, the first season was a sort of 50-50 split between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really it wasn't that, you know, the, the, the sort of um, the narcotics agents and, and, and that whole sort of US part of it was, was a much smaller, yeah. much smaller thing. But they yeah. were, I suppose, less entertaining. Yes. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's fair. So yeah. So that was good. Um, I'm also, um, well, it's only once a week because it's still coming out. But the the Lucifer second series. Oh yeah. Following that still. So good. It is so good, and it's so light though. Still, I mean, even even yes. the, the the sort of um, the story arc in the second season's a bit darker. Yeah. You know, he's killed his brother for a start. Yeah. Um, but it's it's still still quite light. It's it's yeah. still light hearted. Yeah. Police, yes, you know, police yeah, drama. I know what you mean. With this stuff going on as well, it's just funny. It's yeah. just good. And, and um, fair play, second season's as good as the first, if not better. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. No. Um, what else? Oh, computer games. So yes, um, I I said before that I thought that I was no longer a gamer, maybe because I was really struggling with, oh, with games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. So I, I I I made a discovery that I could stream my Xbox to my laptop. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, made all can't... the difference because now I've got more time. I can I can put myself away in the corner and ignore the family around me, <laughs> <laughs> and plug plug the um, 
plug the controller into the laptop and and it's been a real discovery because I was thinking about upgrading my laptop because my laptop, I think I bought it when Mass Effect 3 came out. Right. So it's knocking on. You yeah, know, yeah. We're getting towards the bottom end of what I can play. Yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking now, I'm not going to upgrade the laptop. I'm going to stick with the Xbox. Yeah. And just, and, stream and just, stuff use, and just stream stuff to it because I think it probably could be better if I had a slightly better Wi-Fi network, but it works really well. Yeah. It works really well. So um, I've been playing, I, I sort of was playing, I still haven't finished The Witcher. I'm kind of giving up on that. Yeah. I know you, you said I know, it. I'm going to go back to it as well. I haven't yeah, finished it. Yeah, it's lost me a bit. bit yeah. um, but I'm, I'm sort of well into Fallout now, which I'd kind of given up on as well, but I'm, I'm back into that. Um, I've also been, I, I said, we mentioned um, Star Trek, Star Trek Online. Oh, yes, yeah. It, it's <laughs> so enjoyable now. You know, I had... I had a text from your wife going, I'm sat at home watching Star Trek online on our TV. I blame you entirely. Yeah, I blamed you as well. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Um, well, the, the funny thing about that game is, and they're still bringing it up to the same place that the PC version is at. So I think they're, um, you know, the duty officer bit that they added yeah, on yeah. ages ago on the PC. Well, they're, they're just about to introduce that on the Xbox. Oh, right. Okay. So there's bits missing. There's bits that aren't quite the same. But they've simplified it. Yeah. So you've got like lots of controls, a full keyboard full of controls, which they've managed to fit into a gamepad. Wow. Um, but it, it's made it more fun, I think. So oh, some cool. things are a little bit more automated. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you can set a lot of your abilities to go off automatically when certain conditions right, are met. Right, okay, yeah. Um, but that's kind of made it more fun, and you can sort of dip in and out of it without forgetting what different things do a, a bit more. Yeah. So I've got, like, an Admiral already, and, and it's it's fun. It's, yeah. I, I, and considering it's free, yeah. I have not spent a penny. Um, yeah, it, I, well, you can do with that game. You, the great you'd be thing crazy not to, not to just try it out, I yeah. would say. Yeah, um, it is. It's really good. You know, it's definitely, definitely last generation or even the generation before that in terms of, you know, quality of, of graphics and gameplay and things. Yeah. But the space stuff still looks really good. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and I think they've improved. I read somewhere that they'd improved some yeah, of that. Yeah, I think they did. I think so they, the they started still it all up a bit. Bad. Yeah. Not bad, but yeah. not so good. But the space stuff looks amazing. Yeah. Um, so what else have we been doing? Oh, the other, the other thing um, is I, I reinstalled Mass Effect 2 and 3. <laughs> right, um, and this is partly me trying to trying to get back the you know yeah, my, the game my gaming is, mojo, yeah. right? Um, and I, I'm sort of nearly finished Mass Effect Two. Mm. It's brilliant. It still looks good. Yeah, it still looks good. And it's I got so excited. I'm now I'm now really excited about um, Andromeda. Yeah, and the trailer. Have you seen the the trailer? Yes, the new yeah, trailer. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah. So I'm I'm really I'm really sort of pumped up for that now. I know that it's like after Christmas, like February or something. I think that's, yeah. that's I'm surprised they've not managed to rush it out beforehand because you know I think they've learned that lesson, right? Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think not stop them usually, but yeah, yeah. No. well, yeah. Then having to release a free a free um, yeah a free update with like a ton of ton of content in to keep yeah, everyone happy. Yeah. I think yeah, I think people can wait. Yeah, I, I can wait as long as they do a good job of yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely. Happy to wait. I'm with you. Um, but it looks so good. Yeah. So so um I'm really excited about that. So that's kind of Mass Effect has mm. been has been the thing that I've been playing probably the most. Cool. Um which yeah, proper retro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mass <laughs> Effect, Star Trek Online. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> back to your gaming reads. Yeah, back to my gaming So yeah, I'm, I'm I've got my, my gaming mojo back, but Good. I think I've I've become a console gamer. <gasps> Which yeah, you're sort of streaming through the, the PC though. So. Yeah, not all the time, but, yeah, yeah. but a lot of the time so that, you know, I can sit in the same room as, as my family sometimes. <laughs> it's, nice. it's nice to do that. I suppose that's a good 
thing? <laughs> I'm led to believe it's okay. good for family cohesion. Ah, and, all right. And, you know, less psychiatry bills as the children get older. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. If it saves you money, it's worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and it will save me money because like, an Xbox is damn sight cheaper than a, than a gaming laptop, right? Well, that is true. Yes. Um, so, that I think, yeah, my, my um, PC gaming days might be over. Dun, 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 which I said would never happen because the PC was the master race. Um, yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm just one of many things that I've gone back on the things that I've always said I would wouldn't do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm still PC gaming at the moment. And I, it's still my sort of you know platform of choice, just because I can't shoot anything on a uh, on a laptop. That's I, a worry. Yeah, yeah, really, that's I, a worry. I mean, on a console, that is a problem. Yeah, so I've been really tempted by Battlefield. And and like Ooh. it's like I just know that I just get yeah you get killed. slaughtered by yeah, a like ten year old child on easy <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what direction am I facing oh my god oh my god it's <laughs> <laughs> eerie like that so <laughs> I the other reason that I'm sticking to PC gaming for the moment is the thing I've been playing most recently is Civilization Civilization six oh came out. yeah I saw you I saw that I saw a screenshot that you posted of, yeah, of yeah. Victoria of England yes. Um, yeah, I do fancy that. I did used to love games like that, but the problem is they're real time soaks, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's you know start it at like sort of seven o'clock in the evening and then look at the clock and it's twelve. Yeah, you know? it's like crap. Yeah, <laughs> I was that, supposed that was to do something kind of else tonight. I used to do a lot of, um, and I don't know that I'd have that. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of like the equivalent of you know mobile app games that yeah yeah just you, you just doing all the time. Yeah. I suppose. It is difficult. You do you do end up getting completely sucked into it. It yeah. is such a time sink. It's not. There's not like a a, a high um, specification required for playing a game like that, is there? Because I'm thinking I could probably get that on no, my on my you, work PC, my yeah. work laptop, and take it with me when I go places. Yeah, maybe. It's, that would not, be awesome. No, it's not that high. I don't think so. It's worth having a look. Yeah. Run the. Um, not that if anyone's listening that I work with, I would. No, a game no, on my no. Work of course laptop. you wouldn't. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah that I mean I do I really fancy games like that still mm. I look at them I think because oh, that, that just looked and it brought yeah. back all those memories because nothing has really changed about the way these games work and I just thought it looks really good yeah no, I mean that that's the only game I've really been obsessively playing recently. I mean, I've I've got to go back to Mafia and I've got to go back to um some other things as well. Um, Mafia looks okay. Yeah. It's all right. Um I've I, I was sort of enjoying it, but it does get a bit repetitive. I know yeah. Matt who does the podcast as well has been playing further on it and has actually ended up putting it down because you know, he says it's good, it's fun, it's like a sort of budget version of GTA and looks beautiful. And that's how I that's how I always find GTA games. I get so far in and then it's I get a bit oh. Yeah. Maybe the, the, the difficulty scale goes up a bit and mm. I can't do it. <laughs> but then I think really why are I showing your age. I, know, right, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, well, talk about showing my age. I was thinking that the, the last Civilization game that really hooked me, I think, was Civ 2. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, you are going back a bit there. Yeah. Is that the Amiga or something like that? <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> Christ. Um, so, yes, uh, that gaming right wise, that's what I've been doing. Uh, TV Legends started, Legends of Tomorrow started again this week. Um, which is really good. That, that we've now got all four of the DC shows back on air. Have you been following any of those? No. Mm. no. Uh, Pokemon XY has been on my television a lot. <laughs> ah, the man with children. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but uh, yeah, Legends, I really, really enjoyed it. It's interesting to see some of the shows, like particularly Supergirl, to see how it's changed this season as well because of the fact that it's moved from uh, the base in LA. It's now moved to, to Vancouver. I was um, trying to get my kids into that. I thought... Oh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Only, yeah Phoebe, Phoebe, she's into her superheroes, you yeah. know? Um, but I just couldn't... She just, for some reason, just wasn't taking to it. I, was, mm-hmm. I made her watch it. <laughs> she loves the Avengers, yeah. You know, she, but she just wasn't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's too clean cut. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not enough evil unicorns in it. That's what it is. No, she went to a party as a, as an evil clown <laughs> that looks surprisingly like um, Harley Quinn. <laughs> She's such your child. <laughs> um, Next week, we have got an interview coming up next week with a guy called uh, Malin Todd Williams. He's the director of photography for Legends of Tomorrow. So um, just a heads up, that will be coming next week. We've got some more interviews coming up with some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, people out of the various DC shows as well. So uh, those are things to look forward to. Um, also started this week, which dropped onto Netflix, was The Expanse, which I don't know whether you've heard anything about this. It's a, it's a sci-fi, it runs on Sci-Fi US. No, it's a sci-fi US show. I don't think so. It's sort of, how do you describe it? it it's basically a big space opera. It's sort of their oh, version of... Yes. Um, it's kind of them trying to do Game of Thrones in space yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure I've seen something about that. Uh, but, um, but a while ago. I mean, how long yeah, has it yeah, been Yeah, no, it's, it's been... It came out, I think, last year? Yeah, I think be It's been right. a while. Um, but the first season has now landed on Netflix UK. I think they're going to get the second season as well when that comes out later next year, right? Oh, well, I'm assuming, I'll be all over that probably tonight then. Yeah, it's yeah. it's worth watching. It's um, I've got narcos out the way. Yeah, <laughs> I've got yeah, a gap it, in my itinerary. But yeah, go and watch the Expanse. It's basically set in with the um, human population having populated the soul system. So you've got a bunch of people that are on um, Mars, you've got people that are on Earth, and you've got people that are in one of the asteroid belts, which they refer to as belters. And it's basically a a war for resources over those three factions. And it's sort of, um, there is a peace at the moment... Asteroid but, belt dwellers always get a raw deal in sci-fi. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like books and everything. I mean, it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, there always it seems the kind of hick redneck kind of yeah yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's that sort of thing. But um, it's really well put together. There's uh, it's got Thomas Jane in it, for, who was once Punisher at one point. Um, but it's it's got him in it, who plays like a space cop. Um, who's invested? Who's slightly shady and is sort of investigating uh, various crimes on one of the stations? It's but it's it's really well put together. They've obviously spent quite a bit of money yeah. on it, um, so it looks really good. The storyline you've got to concentrate to kind of follow because it it does like Game of Thrones. It yeah. sort of jumps around from there's this going there's on over here, there's a lot going of on characters then. Quite a few characters, yeah. There's there's three or four different plot threads going on at the same time. What's the style of it? So in terms of sci, it's sci-fi, right? But it's what's sci-fi. The... It's relatively serious sci-fi. As no, but well. I mean, um, what kind of? So are they? Is it like Star Trek? Is it? No, it's is it more like uh, it's Battlestar Galactic. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of Battlestar Galactica esque. Okay. It's more that kind of. Slightly realistic, more realistic, yeah, more okay. realistic based. Okay, of. that sounds sounds good. I'll, yeah, I'll try that. Um, 
But it's, it got great reviews for the first season. It is worth watching, but it does take a bit of concentration. Are you suggesting I can't concentrate? <laughs> As if. <laughs> no, it's called having two children. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's one to recommend. Uh, that's The Expanse. It's on Netflix. Um Humans as well, back for its second episode, which has been re- going really well. I've been really enjoying that. I don't know whether you've caught any of those yet. Um, no, but I saw your documentary, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> My starring 15 minutes of fame. Well, 15 seconds of fame. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, so, yeah, that's but that's back. Second episode went out. It's as good as the first season I saw. Was. I saw the first season, but I was late to it. Right. So okay. I, I, was, I, I was watching it on catch-up, basically, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, um, but yeah. I, probably I doing something else. Probably, yeah. probably. So there's that. Walking Dead, obviously, it's on its third episode yep. now. Get to see what happened to Daryl after the events of the first episode. <laughs> um, and a slight detour to visit Ezekiel and people at the kingdom. So uh, I still don't know whether I've asked this question before, but... Yeah. Zombies, right? So how, how long has this been going on for in real terms? Not our terms, but in, in series terms. How long have they been I'm not sure. wandering I'm... from place to place? Finding a place that seems really safe and then finding out that it's not safe at all and then having to flee it? I think it's a few years. I don't think it's like decades. decompose relatively quickly. Yeah, I think uh, it's only supposed to be a few years. And, and that is the point. Eventually, you could potentially wait it out yeah. and the bodies will just all decompose. Yeah. So, because they were looking pretty minging in like season three, yeah, yeah. So, I I think it's supposed to be in a couple of years, two yeah. or three years, but I'm not sure. So, Fair I'm enough. sure that I'm sure somebody I'd that knows more my, about The Walking Dead will be able to give you an answer to that. I'd be fine in my bunker in the garden with the food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's happening, right? It's happening. <laughs> it is like the third thing on yeah, the zombie Brexit. apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, Brexit, Brexit, Trump, Trump, zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, it's the third thing on the zombie <laughs> apocalypse list. Um, so yeah, there's that uh, extended episode next week as well. We actually get to see Negan turn up at uh, Alexandria and demand his share. So it's an extended 85 minute episode next week. Cool. So, Cool. Something to look forward to. Um, you can also um, catch me weekly on uh, the Walking Dead podcast, which you can find on entertainmenttalk.org. Apart from not for this week, because we're recording this. <laughs> we know when I don't we're recording that. Yeah, but don't worry. It's fine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's that. Also on Netflix started this week, The Crown, uh, which is Peter Morgan's new series about the royal family. Yeah, um, won't be watching that. It's <laughs> no, not no. I didn't expect you would be, but um, it is very good. It's uh, Peter Morgan. It's got um, Matt Smith playing Prince Philip, which <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> which, he actually does a really good job of it as well. Yeah. The it's kind of tall and awkward looking. Yeah, it's be, it's already ordered for six seasons. Each season I know, takes that's insane. Yeah. It's each season takes uh, ten years, yeah. with each episode taking around a year. But they're, I know that they're pe- messing I know with that, the I time. Know that seasons can get cancelled, but that's quite a big buy up front. Oh yeah, it? yeah, it is. Commitment. I mean, it's just they've. Uh, it's Peter Morgan, though. You know, it's the guy behind Frost Nixon. It's the guy yeah. behind you know the Deal and the uh, the Queen. So, you know, they obviously assume that he knew that he could write it. And yeah, okay. I just, I just, I don't know. There's an um, audience for that stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I, it is. It's very good. But yes, I, it's not going to be for everybody. But yes, I, I really enjoyed the uh, the first couple of episodes. It's worth looking at. You're watching you're like. it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Peter Morgan's stuff, though. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. So, 
so there's that. Blacklist returned as well, um, which is great. Mm-hmm. So it's just more of the same sort of stuff, but the Blacklist is back. Uh, there's a spin-off series for that coming as well, which I don't think has got a UK pickup yet. No, I heard about that. Uh, spin-off series, it's called Blacklist Redemption. Stars Famke Janssen. Famke Janssen. <laughs> Famke Janssen, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as uh, Scotty Hargrave, who was the head of the Grey Matter, which was like a, a covert military um, mercenary company. That sounds quite good, that, actually. That popped up at the end of the last season. And Ryan Eggold, who plays Tom Keane, who is um, wife to Liz Keane. Husband to Liz Keen, wife to Liz Keen, husband to Liz Keen. Um, and it's so it's going to be the two of them basically yeah. as the lead with Famke playing the sort of red character to Tom Keen's kind of Liz yeah. character. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's that sort of dynamic. It sounds again. good. Um, yeah. I mean, it should be. I, the, I love the main series. It should be quite a good spin off. Yeah. So, uh, but Give that, a try. that I don't think has got a, a UK pickup yet. I don't think, but I'd be surprised if it goes somewhere other than Sky Living, seeing as they've got the main series. Yeah, you know, the audience is already there. Yeah, exactly. Um, And the other thing that came back recently was Life in Pieces, which is um, comedy on Amazon Prime, and I I love it. It's it's basically about a a family of three generations: uh, the grandparents, the parents, and children. All of a one family. There's three kids off from ring correctly who are sort of um our kind of generation maybe a bit younger married what about with grown their, up children. a bit younger in their 20s actually. <laughs> <laughs> no not quite that young no. <laughs> so they're, they're they're sort of our our kind of our kind of age um and they're married and they've got sort of grown-up children as some of the grown-up children as well right. and uh or you know 18 year old kids and uh colin hanks is plays one of the kids in it or one of the adults in it yeah but I, it's just brilliantly written, and it's it's really just random stories about this character, about these yeah. these various characters. Yeah. It's structured by setting them up into like three or four short stories, which focus on one particular group within the family. Yeah, because there's sense. there's three kids that are couples. There's the grandparents who are another couple, and there's the children who are you know. Uh, I think there's three kids as well. So there's it, it, it will focus on one or one particular area of the family. And uh, sometimes the stories will slightly interlock, sometimes they won't. Okay. But it's a, it's a comedy, it's half an hour long. It's just brilliantly put together. It's very, very funny. Is so, it the sort of thing that can replace cold feet in my life? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's, a, it's American sitcom yeah. kind of. Yeah, you know, but done to a decent quality and well okay. written. I, right. But I really enjoy it. It's worth watching. It's laugh out loud funny in it. In oh, I'll give it a try I, then. Yeah, I'll give it a try. But that's uh, Life in Pieces. It's on Amazon Prime right now. It's good for, the entire first season's on there. Second season is going on each week. Can I just say so. you you essentially sold Amazon Prime to me, <laughs> and and it has been one of the best purchases. <laughs> it is Amazon Prime's look, great. Yeah, it is. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Not just the free deliveries. Other <laughs> 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 online shops are available <laughs> but, but none the, as good as amazon prime it's amazing right I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really impressed with it yeah i'm really impressed with it I'm, no, it's, it's it's great as i say if you're um a sky customer but don't find you're using sky all that much apart from for for 
one or two different things. Yeah you're better off getting an LTV box, a Amazon totally Prime right. subscription that, and, a, be, and a Netflix subscription. Exactly it's far cheaper and you'll get the same sort of stuff. That would be exactly what I would do. As soon as the kids stop needing to watch Cartoon Network, yeah, I, I will cancel. I don't need it. It's just, yeah, you know, Cartoon Network is the only reason I have Sky. <laughs> the only reason. Find me, find me somewhere else I can get Cartoon Network and I'm on it. I'm not I sure. Looked, yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But it's a much if you if you've got a reasonable broadband connection anyway. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. A, it's a much better system. And you, there's a lot of 4K stuff as well. Yeah, a lot yeah. of 4K stuff if you've got a 4K TV. A yeah. um, lot of 4K stuff on Amazon as well. Yeah, but uh, and just there's a really good selection of shows. The Amazon original shows are starting to get really good as yeah. well. Yeah, um, not quite up to the level and of the Lucifer. Netflix stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> Lucifer, which I completely yeah. wouldn't have seen. Yeah, and Lucifer, which is brilliant. And we're what a couple of weeks away, a week away, two weeks away from Top Gear. When's Top yeah, Gear? Yeah, yeah, t- a couple of weeks away from Top Gear. So that's due soon. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I yeah. was pretending I wasn't, but now I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of stuff to look forward to at the moment. But I think now we should move on to film and TV news. <laughs> So a couple of quick stories for film and TV news this week. First one is for uh, Arrow. They've announced that they've cast Talia Al Ghul in Arrow. Uh, but the interesting thing is going to be played by Lexa Dong, who is pretty well known to anybody that's watched any sci-fi, I would yeah, have thought. Yeah. So she's Canadian. She's probably best known for Andromeda but has also appeared in Stargate SG-1. She's yep. Canadian after all. Uh, Eureka, she's been in Supernatural. She was in V. She was in uh, Smallville. She was in that short-lived American primeval spin-off called New World. She appeared in Continuum. Uh, most recently, she was in Saving Hope. <laughs> Basically, anything that's kind of Canadian drama. She's been, that's pretty much anything. Yeah, <laughs> Canadian sort of sci-fi drama. She's been in it. Um, so... Yeah, she's playing Talia. We've had Nissa on the show. We've had Raz on the show. Talia is probably, to comic book readers, she'll be the better known. I think they used her in the last movie as well. Um, the last of the Chris Nolan movies had Talia in it, I think. They I she was sort of revealed as as masquerading as a board member of... of um, Wayne Enterprises, I believe. Blends into one. Yeah, obviously. I know what you mean. <laughs> Um, and obviously they use Raz in the movies. But yeah, they've had Nissa and they've had Raz on the TV show. Talia is best known probably as associated with Batman in the comic books because she became a sort of on-off love interest and she's mother to um, Damien, who is the most awesome Robin that they've had because he's, he's just sarcastic slightly evil because um, <laughs> he was trained by the League of Assassins yeah. but uh, he's he's Robin I love that Damian Wayne he's such a great character just just really uh, well done that when they they had a point where Dick Grayson was playing Batman yeah. and uh, Damian was playing Robin and it slightly fit, flipped the roles over because Dick Grayson was obviously you know, Robin and more quippy and yeah, uh, a bit more cheesy. So he, yeah, so he kind of had a lighter Batman to him. Yeah, and Robin was much darker because he's this kid that was trained by the League of Assassins, and 
he's doesn't see any reason why you shouldn't be able to kill the bad guys. It's you quite know? good though, isn't it? Which uh, yeah. which is great, yeah. and he's so well written. It was I think it was could be wrong, but I think it was Grant Morrison that introduced him, or it was certainly popularised in the Grant Morrison uh-huh. run anyway. But it's it, that's a great run of the books that Grant Morrison Batman Robin series. So yeah, I I, I don't think we're going to see any Bat family arrive on the show, but she is far more uh, Talia is far more associated with Batman than she is with Green Arrow. Okay, um, but then Arrow has liberally borrowed from Batman over the seasons. So yeah. <laughs> So I, yeah. I think um, uh, it's no great surprise that she's now showing up. As to exactly how she's going to be used, I don't really know. Uh, she's just described as an elite warrior who doesn't pick sides, but rather creates her own. So it could own. be a massively off-canon version. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't surprise uh, me because... That, I mean, because you're, you're far more into your comic books than yeah. I am. And does that bother you? With the DC TV shows, no, because... <sighs> I, I mean, they have a habit of gender switching some of the characters yeah. or introducing slightly different things. And the way I look at it is it's a multiverse. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you, you know... fall back on that, um, You know, there is a version where, you know, it is a multiverse, so you've got one version of Earth that has all these versions of the characters in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I suppose. Um, I just I remember I was reading some uh, reviews of... Um, of Lucifer, and there were some people. Most people think it's amazing, but there were one or two people who are obviously fans of of, of the, the comics. comics really didn't like it. Yeah, no, because he's too he's too lightweight, and he's not, and he's, and he's too nice. And he's, he's well. The thing with Lucifer, I've never read the Lucifer comic books, but as I'm told, it's it's very very different to the comic yeah. books. Um, whereas the essence of the characters are kind of there with the DC shows generally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they they kind of changed Lucifer quite a lot for the TV show. And probably widened the audience massively by well, doing probably. it. Probably. I yeah. mean, you know, and I think that's exactly why they did it. But, yeah. you know, with most of the DC shows, the general essence of the characters is still there. Yeah, so I, I don't have a huge issue with it when they switch things around. I need to get onto those shows, don't I? I need to you do, sort you myself do. out. I mean, Arrow's, Arrow's good um, it's better this season. Last season was a bit of a drag. Flash is the one that I would highly recommend. I've seen a few of those. I have seen a they few of those. They are really good. Yeah, they do it's look good. It's very, very well written. Um, Supergirl's okay. Uh, Supergirl felt like a kid's programme. Yeah, the demographic is a little bit yeah. lower. It's, I, that's for the first season, though. Yeah. Second season, I think, is it's gelling a lot better with It felt the like other. a young adult. Yeah. <laughs> or even younger than that adult programme. Yeah. Either. No, I know like what you mean. Thing. It's it felt it feels a bit tween in places, and, yeah. and that that um, like it would fit on Nickelodeon or something. Yeah, you know? maybe. I mean that that first season was possibly a bit. I like I've that. seen enough of those programs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to watch those kind of programs voluntarily. Yeah, first season was possibly a little yeah. bit like that, but uh, and, that, and it lost me, and I think that kind of well, second had an second season um, obviously changed networks in the US. Yeah, so. Uh, second season, I think it's going to gel. It gels a bit more, having seen the first couple of episodes of that. Right. It does gel a little bit more with right. the rest of the DC shows now. So fair enough, you know. Um, and I think Legends, Legends tomorrow is great fun. A lot of time traveling stuff, and you know, it's it's a. Good I've seen laugh a few. I've written. seen a few of those as well. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah. It, I think I've said it reminded me a bit of sliders. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know there is a certain element of that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that that looked okay. I just need to I need to watch enough to understand that whole story arc rather than just 
Yeah, yeah. An episode at a time. Yes, I know what you mean. But it's, it's where to start. If there's there's all these series that I'm seriously behind on, yeah, where do you think I should start? Um, I mean, Arrow is the first one that came out, but I think Flash is the better show, right? So I possibly start with Flash. I don't all think right. there's there's nothing that means you need to see stuff no. in Arrow. No, I th- I would start with Flash personally, yeah, and then right. if you like that and you watch that, maybe go and watch Arrow afterwards. Yeah. Um, all right. But but I would start with Flash. I'll do that and I'll report back. Okay. <laughs> um, talking about other DC shows, Gotham, which is still not on over here, uh, that's due back in the new year. But uh, they've cast uh, somebody from Banshee, uh, Ivana M- Milkovich, I think is her name. Uh, she was from the TV show Banshee. They've cast her as Selena Kyle's mother. Selena Kyle is obviously a young girl on the TV Milicevic. show. Milikovic, maybe? maybe. I don't know. Um, so, yes, but they've cast her as Selena Kyle's mother, so uh, she's going to be joining the show. She's described as a tough-as-nails operative with uh, an arsenal of sweet street smarts and a world-class drifter who's able to hide her true self behind a variety of personas. Much like yourself, Dave. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, she's also a criminal, which sort of explains where Selena has got it to a certain extent. But uh, it turns out that her major weakness is Selena, despite the fact that she abandoned her when she was a little girl. It's great parenting. Yes, fantastic parenting. More time on the Xbox, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think you might get in trouble for just abandoning them in the middle of a city somewhere and... Letting them fend for themselves. <laughs> I'll probably get a bill for damages. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Having taken over the entire area of Birmingham or something. <laughs> so, yes, there's, I mean, it could be interesting. It's always interesting when they introduce new characters, particularly as they're kind of non canon spin off characters when they're like that. But yeah, um, I'm looking forward to this show coming back. It was first season w- went through a bit of a rough patch in the middle, but really picked up towards the end. It is worth going to have another look at if you kind of watched a couple of episodes and dropped out of it. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. I think it sounded good and then uh, it felt a bit... It, it does drag a bit yeah. in, the, in the middle of that first season, yeah. but it really does pick up. Okay. And uh, it's worth going back and looking at again the second season was really good My time so, is precious i need yes. things to be happening yeah no i know what you mean um it, it is a pain when you get shows like that there's that, a lot of stuff on 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 netflix and amazon that i've started and not finished yeah there's there's the list of things i'm halfway through that suggest that i've finished like, <laughs> yeah I no i know what you mean so there's that uh gotham season three is due to air on channel five early in the new year no exact date for it yet and finally, um, CBS have announced that they are <laughs> developing a Big Bang spin-off based around a young Sheldon Cooper. Now, I have said many, many times that I hate young versions of anything, like young Indiana Jones, yeah, young yeah. Superman, all that. So I hate that. But this does sound really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, as I said on the post when I put it on the website, I, I'm not entirely sure whether this is a work of genius or, or like a Joey-esque size like mistake. But um, <laughs> who knows? I mean, 
it's it's the idea is that it will be set around a young Sheldon Cooper growing up in Texas, he with his twin sister, his elder brother, and his slightly balmy and um, evangelical Christian mother Mary, played by Laurie Metcalf on the show currently. So, I mean, it could be quite entertaining. It's quite a good setup of having somebody who's highly intelligent set in that sort of environment yeah. and you know, they know the character very well, so I can sort of see why they would go down that route. But I don't know. It's only in early development at the moment. We'll have to see how far they get with it. It depends how much the character of Sheldon that everybody likes and thinks he's funny is down to... Yes. Is it down to the writing or is it down to the 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 acting? Because if it's Um, it's the acting, then... Yeah, you, this is a. I mean, you know. Jim Jim Parsons will be, he's attached as an as an exec producer, so you can imagine if they are going to cast somebody as a young version of him, he's going to have some say in it. Yeah, you think so? And, and from the network's point of view, you can sort of see why they want to do it because the three main lead characters being uh, Jim Parsons and uh, Kelly Cuoco and um, Johnny Gatlick, those three are said to be on a million dollars an episode. Yeah. Uh, the Simon Halberg and um, Kunal Nayar are both on around about half that. There's got to be a point where shows like that doesn't matter how popular they are. Yeah, it's I mean, you know, you and and then Melissa Ranch and uh, Miyako Blanick are on hundred k per episode, which is, oh, is slightly important. Yeah, I'm gonna feel sorry for yeah, those guys. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, but there is there is something. I mean, that's because they joined later and there were later additions to yeah. the cast. The the problem is that you are probably if they renew it or the contracts come up for renewal and if they want another season, not only have you got to renegotiate the three big star names, you've also everybody gonna else. probably have to renegotiate everybody else's and they're going to want a bit more parity in the pay yeah. at that point. Yeah, so everything is going to go up Kill quite a, bunch a lot. Of them off. Uh, well, <laughs> that sort of what happened last time yeah. uh, apparently was specifically with the girls. Mm-hmm. They basically said, we want more money to be in line with the others. And the, and the writers said, well, we'll kill you off then. And they went, all right then, <laughs> uh, allegedly. So I, I don't know. Um, but this would give them an opportunity to be able to carry on the big band thing yeah, with a younger and less expensive always cast. Try it for a series. Yeah, you always try and it for then... a series. Um, and I mean, you could put Laurie Metcalf in as the mother as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think that would be entirely doable. Depends how much he charges. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, she won an Emmy nomination for playing the character last season, so you know, it, that at least would give it some continuity to the current show as well. So. Maybe could be jumping the shark. Could be, could be. be Who knows? Who knows? It's very difficult to tell with these sort of things. I'm fairly certain that the first episode will get an awful lot of viewers. Yes, it's. But then, so did Joey. Yeah, (laughs) I was one of them. Yeah, (laughs) and you went. This is awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Um, Matt LeBlanc much better off pretending Top Gear and doing episodes. I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, uh, Big Bang Theory currently airing its 10th season on Wednesday nights at 8.30 on E4. If you uh, 
are a big band fan you probably already know that anyway <laughs> that is until e4 decide that they're halfway through the season going to stop it play something else for like three months and then put put it back on again which is what they tend to do they spin the scheduling bottle yes spin the scheduling bottle you know or, or the the drunken throwing darts at the wall whichever they happen to have picked as their way to choose how they schedule things on that channel um so yes that's back next up we have the interview So the interview this week is with the costume designer, Joe Cora. Joe has had a long career working as a costume designer for lots of film and TV shows. She's currently the person behind the amazing outfits on Netflix's hit show, Marco Polo. Which is, I really love. Yes. And actually, amazing is, isn't doing enough justice <laughs> to how that, how that looks. Yeah. That everything about that series looks amazing. Yes. Absolutely amazing. It, it is brilliantly put together and the, the costumes are absolutely outstanding she talks about recreating costumes from the um 12 and 1300s but having to make them kind of different and unique while still fitting into that sort of style all the creative research process and the literally thousands and thousands of costumes that they have to deal with on that show once you include all the extras and all the other bits yeah. and pieces there are like tens of thousands of and costumes that's the on joy that show. of high definition isn't yeah it? you know all the extras it. are in such sharp detail yeah they have to be convincing yeah so there she's a really interesting person to talk to it's um about half hour chat and uh, we'll see you afterwards with some air date stuff many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Joe. Hi, David. <laughs> Thank you for coming on and talking to me today. You're welcome. You get a job like Marco Polo. Yes. I mean, for a costume designer, that must be a completely dream job, given the amount of costumes and uh, variety you have with something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the wonderful thing about Marco Polo is it, the project is so large and so diverse. So for somebody like myself, the costume designer and indeed set designer, any member of the crew, really, it's quite an incredible opportunity because it is creating an entire world, a full yeah. society, which encompasses the rich, the poor, Mongolians, Chinese. And indeed, you know, the Khan was the most powerful leader of the world at that time. Yeah. Um, he also was involved and ran the Silk Road, which is not actually a single road. It's yeah. not like 25 <laughs> or anything. Um, 
The Silk Road is actually a concept. Uh, it was a concept of movement of goods, even ideas, philosophies around the Khan's empire. Yeah. Uh, as a costume designer, of course, I honed in more on the goods aspect of it as far as the movement and import-export of precious stones, semi-precious stones, fabrics like uh, the beautiful silks. So that's where my particular position as a costume designer was very heavily in- influenced. Yeah. But, uh, and, and indeed was able to design for such wonderful diversity of looks of people from different cultures. Um, it was quite fascinating, really an amazing, fascinating project to be able to work on. Yeah, I mean, as you say, there's, there's lots of lots of different cultures. You've got these incredible kind of fab, you know, the, the fabrics of, of that kind of area. And, yes. you know, obviously it's a historical show, obviously. So what sort of research do you do to to make it historically accurate? Well, it's very difficult um, because obviously in that particular period, there were, <laughs> there were no cameras or anything. <laughs> so I couldn't, you know, I wasn't able to go into it with any photographic evidence. I, was, I went to Mongolia. I worked with uh, historians in Mongolia and the museums there, the books there. It was very good to spend time there and be with people who were able to tell me stories and to get a feel of their history, of which, quite rightly, they're very proud of. Yeah. And likewise, I spent time in China. Yeah. Um, and I was working with a designer in China, and I was very aware to stick to not only the correct look, but the historical background. Uh, So much of clothing and costumes from the past, which indeed have led right up to present day, stem from various situations to do with culture, to do with status, to do with the geography, um, the conditions in which they were living, and the availability of certain fabrics the availability of certain plants for certain colors, certain dyes, the availability of stones uh, for decoration, for the jewelry. So it was it was interesting for me to be able to actually spend time in those places and get a feel of where it all originated from. Yeah. And, and why and hear the stories from families and, and sit around a table and have dinner with the historians and their families and indeed people I met there and became friends with. That, that was very helpful. And of course, the museums there and actually seeing original pieces of, of costumes that had been found in excavations or had been passed down through the families. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was, I was very fortunate to be able to do that. In terms of recreating uh, historical costumes like that, where do you find material? And, and you know, was that sort of, did you pick stuff up while you were out there? And did oh, you, yeah. were you using any sort of techniques picked up? as well while you're out there? Yeah, I mean, the um, the whole process of being on a show like this is that it is fundamentally rooted in history. Yeah. So even though in season two, I really stylized it more, slightly contemporized it, it was very important that it was rooted in history in some way, shape or form. Yeah. 
that's the big difference between season one and season two of the look. Yeah. But so getting hold of these fabrics, yes, myself and uh, Stefan, my assistant designer, we traveled the world, literally, um, <laughs> buying fabrics, sourcing antique pieces. Yeah, we shopped in China, Mongolia, all over Europe, Thailand. Our fabrics came in from India. Obviously, we were filming in Malaysia. We bought in Malaysia, went over the border into Singapore. My leathers, I sourced a lot from Italy, the beautiful soft leathers of nice. Italy. But again, in China, in um, Budapest, in Hungary, where indeed we prepped and started shooting season two. So I started my workroom there. But yes, shopped literally around the world. Wow. To find contemporary pieces that could pass as antique or indeed original antiques. Also, we set up our own screen printing rooms and my incredibly talented team, we were screen printing. Tyrone, who is in charge of a lot of the armor, was hand making the leather armor for me. And then I had wonderful people making all my accessories. Virag made all my accessories. It was just a wonderful collaboration of very, very talented people who, once I had found the fabrics, together we turned them into the most, hopefully people think, most spectacular costumes, all with these very, very talented artisans around me. There are some incredible costumes on that show, particularly the, the I, I noticed the, the Khan's costume is is usually fairly spectacular as you would expect do you have um a favorite costume from the show or a favorite character to dress you know that that's a really difficult question to answer and, and you know when i hear interviews from people who are being specifically asked a question and they they don't want to commit or i just think oh come on just say it. <laughs> but now i'm in that position it, it is very hard for me to answer that because they my costume are a bit like my children in a way. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, they were just scraps of material in some market deep in China or in Istanbul. And then they're this magnificent haute couture piece of clothing um, <laughs> on, on, a, on an actor's back, you know, a few months later yeah, with a yeah. lot of that sweat and tears in between, believe me. <laughs> so it is hard. And also that's a very hard question to answer on a show that's as diverse as Marco Polo yeah, because yeah. the characters are very different. You know, okay, so you can say there's the Khan. Yeah, the Khan is the Khan. There's nobody else like the Khan. And his robes are elaborately embroidered with dragons. That's all historically correct. There is his queen, who is uh, Empress Chabi. There is only Empress Chabi. There's Marco. Marco yeah. is Marco. There is Prince Jingen. So everybody has a very, very individual look. So... For different reasons, each one truly means a lot to me because I, I had to I had to uh, really think about how to make each character look different, i.e. portray the character they are supposed to be in the script. Because at the end of the day, my job, any costume designer's job, is to bring the story to life. 
yeah, um, yeah. from from the written word visually on screen to help the actors portray the character and to portray the story for the viewers. So my biggest task was always, okay, so we have the Khan, we have the people who live in the palace, they're Mongolian. How do I now make them all look slightly different? Because to be honest, the, the, the true history of it is Mongolians wore robes. If it was summer, they were cotton robes. If it was winter, they were wool with fur and leather. Now, for a show, for the interest of the story, for the characterization of the story, of the actors, for the visual pleasure, for the viewer, one has to stylize that a bit. It's not a documentary. We're not shooting a documentary. (laughs) Although it is, you know, based on history, It isn't a documentary. It is meant to be an interesting TV show. And so from that aspect, it... um I truly cannot say. (laughs) um, That's a hard one. They they are all so different. And I know you've only watched part of season one. Stay with it. Yes. Certainly from episode five onwards, you will be completely hooked. Uh, You know, season one, it's it's always hard on on a first show. People are finding their feet. The actors are... Um, the costume designer is everybody is we're, we're we're building on this new format together yeah and i think where a show is successful is where they see their maybe slight mistakes where they feel they can change it to the benefit and do it quite promptly and i can honestly say halfway through season one and certainly by the end of season one and season two it is season two is a completely different show I mean, it is quite riveting. It looks stunning. So um, it it was kind of evolving. And um, so, yeah, there are many characters that I like, truly, (laughs) for different reasons. And watch the show all the way through and then you'll understand. You'll you'll see why I'm finding that question very hard to to actually answer. I, I I am going to go back for it. I know we, we spoke just beforehand and, and you were yes. saying that, that there is a big shift at, at season five and it sort of wraps up. So, I mean, sorry, well, season epi- five, episode five. Episode five of season one. Yeah, episode five of season one. So yeah. I'm 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 looking, for, I, I will go back and, and make sure I, I carry on with it. Yes, I, I urge anyone to stay with it. Yeah. Stay with it. You know, give it a chance. It will be worth it, believe me. Yeah. Also, I mean... I, it, it, it is slightly unfair asking you if you have a favourite costume, given that there are so many costumes on the show. Um, how many? How many in total have you made? Do you think at this point? Well, I think uh, I think there's about the last of my reckoning with my supervisors, who obviously when we wrap a show, we have to do an inventory. I think when we wrapped season two. There were about 22,000 individual pieces. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a big show. It yeah. really is. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That, uh, wow. <laughs> That's that's I mean, you know that that's uh, that's encompassing things for the principal actors for crowd for everyone. But yeah. there's roughly about 22,000 individual pieces hanging up in Malaysia at the moment and the studios. <laughs> that's nuts yeah <laughs> yes so, I, so can't, I can't quite believe it to be honest no that, that's a that's a lot of of sewing and and you know sticking things to do together really that yes and i have to i really would like to add that 
you know, as a costume designer, it's fine for me to have a concept and an idea and sketch it. Yeah. And indeed then have Ethan, my graphic artist, make it into a wonderful graphic image for the producers to look at, for uh, studio execs to okay and allow me to proceed. That's the not the easy part because you're looking at a blank piece of paper for quite a while. Well, yes. Yeah. And Stefan and I work very closely on on filling that blank piece of paper. But um, after that, it's my team. It's yeah. my team who bring that to life for me. And that's where the real talent is. As I said, the leather workers, everybody. I mean, season two, particularly, everything was handmade. Season one, a lot was made in China, in the factory in China. Yeah, We found it hard to kind of control in a way. I prefer to work within an environment where I'm there on the spot, seeing things happen and be part of the process of seeing it from start to finish. And that was very much in season two. The workroom was set up in Budapest. Um, I had some of the best artisans from around the world, literally flown in from South Africa, Australia, New Zealand. Budapest itself had brilliant um, leather workers. Also, just just general talent from around the world. Uh, China as well. Some of my tailors were from China to help with the Chinese and Mongolian cuts. And of course, England. So, you know, it's my team who bring it to life for me and work extremely hard and have extreme talent in doing that yeah i mean just following on from that do you think there was there was ever a a particular costume that you had the most trouble with with bringing from that concept through to actually delivering what you wanted um it's interesting you should say that yes i mean there were a lot of costumes that were technically difficult to make in the time frame we had my team wouldn't find anything difficult given time. What yeah. what is a very demanding part of working on a show this size is the time frame, the schedule. I mean, there were two first units running simultaneously, five directors shooting out a sequence, 10 episodes. So on any given day, like day one of principal photography, we were shooting from episodes two, one, four, seven, <laughs> to be prepared on such a scale. Yeah. And that's one issue. The other issue to answer your question is, yes, there was one character that I struggled with, and that was Prince Jingham. That was the Khan's son. Right, yeah. The reason I had major problems with him was my first sketches and my first ideas were too warrior-like. They still wanted to root him as a prince. So then it was, okay, how do I conceptualize, how do I bring to life a prince, but who is a warrior? Yeah. Because just even saying those words kind of contradict each other. Yeah. Uh, And Jingham means gold. So he wore a lot of gold in season one, which the producers and the studio execs wanted to continue that theme through into season two. And so that, to get my head around that, that it was acceptable for everybody, was actually the biggest task. Yeah. Uh, But once, once I felt comfortable and everybody felt comfortable with the initial idea which took time to get to, believe me. I kept starting it and then moving on to another character. Oh, I'll think about Jingham tomorrow. I'll think about that tomorrow. Um, And I kept pushing Jingham to the back burner, praying that something, uh, I would have an epiphany of some kind. (laughs) Um, 
And once that epiphany happened with the great help of Stefan, it, it, it kind of rolled. As always, once you have something, an idea that is correct, you suddenly roll with it. Yeah, yeah. So it was that initial, that initial concept that took the time for him, particularly that character. All the other characters, I was, I was kind of okay with. I, I had ideas, I had concepts, bouncing off ideas with my team, who are all good designers in their own right. So it was wonderful to actually work as a team and be able to think these things through and conceptualize together. Yeah, It, it was nice to be able to bounce off people, talented people. That was okay. It, it was Prince Jingham. So apart <laughs> from the time frame, the actual character yeah, was difficult, was Prince Jingham. But um, I'm very pleased with what we ended up with. And uh Hopefully everybody else uh, would agree with me. When you get into trouble like that, one of the questions we usually ask people is, what's the best piece of advice somebody has given you? Just, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be directly related to to, uh, your your job. I mean, so, you know, I just wondered if there's anything that anybody's ever said to you that helps you out when it comes to problems like that. Well, I mean, you know, I've been in the business a long time. So as far as anything within the business, that that's kind of that would be a hard question to answer. Yeah. I mean, I think the key to the key to anything, I would say, for somebody who's thinking of being a costume designer on movies it's, it's or tv shows it's very different to fashion yeah fashion is something you can do yourself you you literally conceptualize something um i think i think probably what i do stick to the golden rule is i listen to the script yeah. I'm, I'm being guided by words on a page. So it's to not run away too much, not to deviate too much from what the story is trying to tell. Yeah. I think that's probably the advice I always stick with myself or try to adhere to. Apart from that, the, one of my favorite ones is something my father always used to say, which was be very careful and be very uh, respectful and polite with people on your journey up <laughs> because you'll meet them on the journey down. Yes. <laughs> so um, I, I'm always hopefully aware of that. <laughs> yes, that's that's definitely a good body to work we, by. <laughs> we, all are, we all have our time. Yes. In the spotlight. We all love, have our time. But there's <laughs> always new generations coming up behind you. <laughs> yes, <So> very true. <laughs> can be quite short lived and I um I try and I try and live by that as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's very sage advice to live to. Yes. Um what's your background? How did you get into the industry in the first place? Um, I've been born into it completely. <laughs> My mother was a dancer. Right. Um, she trained as a classical um ballet dancer. And then she worked uh, on television as a dancer. My father was a producer and director uh, at the BBC, Cecil Cora. He was one of the producers and directors of Top of the Pops in the 60s. Oh, wow. And he 
uh, did wonderful things like introduce for the first time dancers on the show, like Pam's People and the <laughs> Go-Go's. And um, he also did uh, hit the first uh, pop video. He was the first person to take an artist away from the studio and do it to soundtrack, which was Donovan at the time, who was number one in the charts. Wow. So, I, so I was born into it. Um, so I left school and joined the BBC. Um, I stayed, I followed a family tradition. I stayed in the BBC for a few years and then left when I was 22 and went freelance. I was designing TV shows through the 80s and pop videos. Oh, wow. I was doing a lot of pop videos for the likes of Adamant, um, <laughs> shooting his videos and styling and um, and various other wonderful pop stars. So that that was my my background and training right from the onset. It, it was, it's been in my blood. It's in our family's blood. And I just kind of followed suit really. Adam Vance is a, is a great person to get hold of when it comes to costume designing as well. Well, yes. And what was so great about doing his videos was um, it, it was of an era where people really did use costume. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to be there at the time when so many of the bands did wear costumes in their videos. You know, the videos were shot as a mini movie. Yeah, yeah. Not so much these days. It comes and goes like everything does. But uh, I, I, I'm very proud to have been there in the heyday of it and when it really was a genuine and not anything that's being replicated or tried to be copied like it is sometimes these days yeah no it's uh, that's a great I'm period my, i'm showing my age now sadly but there yeah, you go <laughs> I, 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 given that I, I i remember those videos and know who adamant is i'm kind of showing my age as well so you're fine <laughs> oh well yeah so uh what would you say is the most interesting experience you've had whilst working given that you've you've done you know you're working on the current show and uh, working with pop bands and stuff? Gosh, I've been so lucky in my career and have worked with so many wonderful people and travelled so much that (laughs) you're asking some really tough questions, Um, (laughs) you know, pinning me down like that. That, again, is quite... um, quite a difficult question to answer. Again, I was lucky enough to start my career when there was no mobile phones, no computers. Um, So I was lucky enough to start work with it in its more basic format. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying that is the world is so much smaller now. You know, people can get on flights and fly anywhere around the world. And at certain times of the year, it's very reasonably priced. You know, companies do all in package deals. You know, travel is not just for the rich. Yeah, yeah. You know, quite rightly. When I was starting out, um, the world was still very new and very exciting. Yeah. And I'm only talking about the 80s, but the, the difference Where we've come from the 80s to present day, not only in technology, but in information, well, because of technology, because of the information. So to answer your question, even though I'm going to take this back a good few years, it was the late 80s when I was flown to Russia to work on a movie called The Russia House with Sean Connery and Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. We were the first Western crew ever allowed into Russia. Oh, wow. And... I was flown in a good two or three weeks earlier to design and build a costume truck. 
so we could put the principal costumes somewhere while we're filming on the road. Yeah. Because there were no costume trucks. I was flown into this completely different world. And I'm, I'm lucky. I was well-traveled. My parents were tra- travel-holics. Yeah. So I traveled a lot through my childhood and to amazing countries like Africa, South America. So I had traveled. So even for somebody like myself who had traveled, to be the first Western crew allowed into Russia was really exciting. Yeah. To, to be based in Moscow and to do wonderful things like build a truck from scratch, which was a coke. <laughs> and, you know, with my translator saying to the driver, you know, we need to take the seats out. And he's like, oh, nee, nee, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, you know, I took him for a few vodkas and, you know, the, seat, the seats were out the next day. And, you know, and to be somewhere like that with, again, two wonderful actors, you know, yeah. um, the whole, you know, there was an exciting time. It was, it was an exciting place with an exciting script, with exciting actors It was, you know, it was a departure for me from my usual pop videos and TV shows in London. So that has always stayed with me. I I think your first of a lot of things stay with you. Uh, And that for me, you know, I've had wonderful experiences since many in wonderful countries with wonderful people. Um, But I think that was so monumental for me. And indeed, I've never been back to Russia. So, you know, that that is still very much how I picture it at the time. Yeah. yeah, Walking walking across Red Square. One night uh, while I was in Russia, I I needed to get some more Russian clothing. Michelle Pfeiffer was playing a Russian. And I realized that I needed to actually get some clothing from Russia for her. So I was taken to a very famous shop on Red Square or a shopping mall called Gung. Right. And it takes up the whole of one side on Red Square. And you go into this vast shopping mall, but not how you would equate a shopping mall with these days. And it was almost being in like Venice. There were these bridges going over, connecting walkway to walkway with these bridges. Yeah. All these shops with nothing in them. I mean, (laughs) there would be a shop with selling bars of soap but literally 40, 50 of the same bar of soap and a lot of people waiting outside just buy a bar of soap, a shop selling boots, all identical boots and a line of people waiting to get one pair of the identical boot. That's nuts. So then I was taken down into a basement and I was led down there by a gentleman with a gun I was led down into the basement of this place that had many, many cages. And in the cages were men seated with Kalishnikovs. Um, And I was then, you know, given free range to take, you know, the odd coat or the odd piece. Uh, Believe me, there wasn't much choice. But it, it was quite interesting that there was obviously certain stock that was being held in the basement that would be brought up at any given point in time to the various stores above. Yeah. So that was an interesting shopping expedition. <laughs> That's um, nuts. To then, to then finish that, to be taken back up to the main area of the shopping area and left to continue my shopping on my own. When I was shopping there, I suddenly felt the ground shaking, really, really vibrating. And I thought, am I in the middle of an earthquake or something? Uh- and this vibration continued I exited out of the shopping mall 
I could never quite work out if it was one big store or many little ones. I never quite fathomed that one out. And I walked out of the back exit rather than front exit to the rear exit, which led me directly onto Red Square, where I realized the shaking was the main parade of their military warfare. (laughs) They were rehearsing it. Oh, my God. So seeing all the tanks, and so the tanks were rolling down along the streets and then turning into Red Square, and they were rehearsing their parade, which I think (laughs) once a year or something. Yeah. And the wonderful march the military do with with their legs going straight out. Yeah, yeah. And all the rockets and all the tanks, it was quite quite extraordinary and I went I I was back on set the next day and I was you know I hadn't slept that night because I was just so excited by what I'd seen so exhilarated and I said to people on the crew did you see that did you see the tanks going through the street did you see (laughs) you know the, the the rockets did you see and they're like no (laughs) <laughs> no. And, and I thought, God, did I imagine this? Did I dream this? But um, no. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's experiencing things like that, you know, when you travel. Yeah. That um, make things interesting. But, I, you know, that certainly for me is that that whole movie and the whole situation. And then more recently, um, I worked with Guillermo del Toro on. Ooh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. On Hellboy. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And, and I was particularly involved in a scene. We were deep down in a cave for a good four weeks, four to six weeks, shooting a complete city with all his wonderful animatronics. All yes, his yes, I remember that. Effects. Yeah. yeah, and that, again, I, I couldn't sleep the first two or three nights, even though we were working, you know, 19, 20 hours a day, I still couldn't close my eyes because I was just so visually stimulated by what I was seeing on set and also to work with Guillermo, yeah. uh, who is a genius. Yes, he is. <laughs> in a different way to most directors I've worked with. So, yeah, you know, d- different projects for different reasons. But um, you asked me a question that those are two particular <laughs> ones that stand out. Yes, I think both of those definitely qualify as interesting experiences. <laughs> so. and, and, and Marco Polo, because it has pushed me to limits as a designer. To be honest, I didn't know I had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's exciting in a different way again. Yes, of course. I mean, to be honest, something like Marco Polo, a designer would probably have to work on a good, you know, five or ten at least interesting period movies to encompass what I have been lucky enough to encompass in season one and two yeah. of Marco Polo. Yeah. It, it is such a diverse series. Yeah. So from that standpoint as well, it's been wonderful opportunity uh, yeah. to be on Marco Polo. Yeah. As, as we said right at the beginning, a dream job for a costume designer, it has to be, really. It is. It, yeah. it, it, it seriously, seriously is. Because, you know, on a movie, there's normally one script and it, you know, unless you're working on an amazing fantasy or something like that, you're, you know, you're, you're restricted to telling a story. And a lot of times it's contemporary and people are wearing contemporary clothes or it's very historical and it has to be historically correct. You know, Marco Polo kind of encompasses both. So I've been very, very lucky and it has been 
it really has pushed myself to the limit. Yeah. I truly didn't know I could be pushed to. <laughs> and so for that, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Let, let's put it that way. Good. Um, just got two final questions yes. uh, that we ask everybody, which yes. is because um, as we cover a lot of TV shows on the website. So are there any TV shows you're watching at the moment? I religiously watch The Big Bang again and again <laughs> and again. I actually find it quite relaxing when I've been on set all day. Yes. I kind of just open my laptop. I find it funny. I love it. Um, another one, I'm really, I mean, I do a lot of the shows on Netflix and, you know, I binge watch. It is For me, it's a form of relaxation. Um, of course, in the past, I've done Breaking Bad, which I was completely addicted to. Yeah. Uh, more recently, I've got into American Horror Story. Ah, yes. yes. I find yes. that incredible. Yeah. And uh, The Night Manager, I watched that recently. Yes, I great really show. Enjoyed, yeah, I really enjoyed The Night Manager very much. But yes, I'm I'm um, I'm on season three or something of, of American Horror Story. Yes, yeah. It's a fantastic show. So. Yes, yeah, I'm enjoying that at the moment. And last question. Uh, yeah. If you had the opportunity to work on any show, past, present or future, <laughs> yeah. which show would it be? If I had to pick a one right at this moment, I probably would say American Horror Story. Yes. Because it's, again, diverse, but in a different way to Marco Polo, but diverse. I like the way every season is different. Yes. Completely different. So I think probably American Horror Story. Apart from that, I would go back in time as well. I love movies like Some Like It Hot. Oh, yes. I think that's a, a wonderful movie. Yeah. Another movie I love and would love to have been involved in because it's iconic is a movie called Harold and Maud. Oh, yes. Yes, I know the name. Oh, watch it. See it. It's a very, it's a dark black comedy. Yeah. <laughs> you'll probably never see again. I love classics like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. More recently, the Grand Hotel Budapest. I love quirky movies. Yeah, yeah. Love movies yeah. that just have a twist on a look. Um, another movie that did that for me very well was The Royal Tenenbaums. Oh yeah. And then, of course, you know the big, the big movies, the big stuff. Like more recently, Mad Max. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I'd love to have done something like that. And you know, things like the Batman's. I think the. <laughs> trilogies are interesting and moulin rouge well there is a, there is a stage version of moulin rouge it's just been announced today there's a stage version of moulin rouge coming so oh really yes oh, okay. and um oh you know wonderful period films like well like moulin rouge again or dangerous liaisons and i love uh farinelli uh a movie called farinelli about a castrato that's a beautiful movie and then, you know, things like Alice in Wonderland with our lovely Johnny Depp, you know, yeah, just, yeah. There, there's so many, you know, yeah, again, yeah. it's so diverse. So <laughs> any one of those, I, I would have been thrilled to, yeah. you know, and the, the designers have done great jobs on all those projects. Yeah, yeah. There's some amazing costumes in this. And yeah, I, I can see the appeal of working on something like uh, um, American Horror as well, because, you know, you there's such a diversity with it. So Yeah, so... You know, there are, as you say, as well as the question asking me, what do I like in those or which one? There are actually quite a few from every era. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm not just showing my age. I actually do like watching older movies. <laughs> I, I actually enjoy, you know, watching movies and yeah. not, not just present day. I actually am interested in the movie history. Yeah, 
yeah. the history yeah. of movies. And I, I think it's important that one watches things like that as well. Yeah, I think no, it's absolutely. all parcel of being in the business, to be honest. It's, uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful world out there that um, goes way, way back from silent movies onwards. Absolutely. Very true. <laughs> I shall let you get back to your day, and uh, it's, but it's been sunny LA. Yes, <laughs> yes, but it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, thank you for coming on. You're very welcome. Thank you for asking me. No been... problem, and uh, good luck with everything. I, I will go and now watch some more episodes of Marco Polo. <laughs> yes, please do stay with it. I will. Thanks, Joe. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, David. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Joe Cora. I hope you really enjoyed that. Marco Polo. Um, I think. It's on its third season now, something like that. It's yeah, it's, new season's only recently kicked yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's on its third season, but it, it's all available on Netflix. It's a Netflix, Netflix original show, so well worth going to check out anyway. Next up, we have some air date information. Air dates this week, we kick off with some cancellations. Uh, start off with Longmire which is procedural sort of cop show set in deepest, darkest Texas, I seem to remember, somewhere <laughs> like that. That's, they've announced, is ending after its sixth season. That's Doesn't actually... the devil in it, though, does no, it? No, no, you see. Technically a Netflix show, but airs on TCM over here because they had the rights over here before Netflix bought it. Okay. It, it ran on a different network in the US, then Netflix revived it, but then because there was a rights deal still in place for the show, yeah. even though Netflix are playing for it internationally or, you know, in in the US, there was still a rights deal in place on TCM over here. Okay. So it still airs on TCM, even though it's a Netflix show. Uh, so that will be ending after its sixth season. DCI Banks, it was announced by RTV. They've cancelled it after five seasons. Uh-huh. Uh, they've also cancelled the show called Brief Encounters. I have no idea what that is. No, neither have I. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's been cancelled. It only ran for one season. Something to do with Agent Provocateur setting a, I don't know, uh, something to do with that. Anyway, so... I wouldn't know anything about any of those no, things. No, no, neither would I. Um, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's been cancelled by after one season on ITV. Also, Conviction, Hayley Atwell's show... Technically not cancelled, but didn't get its back nine order. So it's not got its full season order for its first season. And basically any show that doesn't get a full season order won't come back. Right. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Technically, it's not cancelled. They have still got rights to order uh, more episodes of it if they want. But... <sighs> it's unlikely. They've also said they've not released the cast from their contracts yet, but... Uh, it, it's almost unheard of for a show that doesn't get the rest of its first season order to come back for a second season. That's a shame. So it is. It's a shame because it looked like, I mean, I enjoyed the first episode. Yeah. It looked like it had potential. Hayley Atwell's a great star as well. Yeah, I just, yeah, totally. you know, it's such a shame that she hasn't managed to find a show that which will stick with her. But, you know, if she stops doing this, maybe it will convince them to do a, like, Agent Carter movie or so. something. I hope so. I, was I so, think the cast will be up for yeah, it. Yeah, I was so... I thought Agent Carter was amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know a lot of the cast have said they would definitely be up for it. We interviewed um, Ember, who... Uh, I'm not going to even try and pronounce his last name. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> go, yeah, I can't remember. They're not good uh, at pronouncing names. No, terrible at pronouncing names. I've got at least three today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
But yeah, I mean, he there was an interview up on, if you go to our YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash geektown, if you go to that, there is an interview with uh, Enver who played the guy with the walking stick. Yeah. Yeah, that character. Um, yeah, he, and he seems really up for doing more of it. And I think the rest of the cast are the same as well. So, you know, I'm I, sure they would if the offer came in. Yeah, I think everything about it was, was I can't, I just was so gutted when it was cancelled. Yeah, it was such a shame. Just wasn't landing a big enough audience. But, no. you know, if you did it maybe as a limited six episode run or something, yeah. or, you know. A movie would be good. Yeah, or a movie, a TV movie. movie. But you don't get a movie, you don't get a TV movie cancelled the series, are you? You might do, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, depends if they've still got the sets kicking around, I guess. So there's that. Renewals, you've got uh, Lip Sync Battle UK oh, has got God. a renewal. <laughs> it's depressingly. And it's got a Christmas special coming in December. So there's a Christmas special coming on Channel 5 uh, and new series of Lip Sync Battle UK coming in January. The Simpsons has been renewed for two more seasons, which may, which are 29 and <laughs> That's 30. Insane. Makes it the longest running scripted TV series in US history, apparently. I know. Do you imagine, though, that they're all quite elderly now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's insane. But yes. So The Simpsons, two more seasons of that. Um, there's a few changes. Uh, Shameless USA. We've got an air date for that, which has actually already passed, but it's on Netflix. It's landed. Season five of Shameless USA landed on Netflix on the 7th of November. It has been airing on more four in the UK, which is where people have been watching it. Yeah. And then it com- it conspicuously disappeared. Season five is now premiering on Netflix. Channel four, four say that it is coming to more four at some point. Right. If you haven't got a Netflix account, you're just going to have to wait because or, ha- or just get a Netflix account. Or just get a Netflix account. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it will be coming to more four at some point if that's where you prefer to watch it but yeah shameless usa is now season five of that is now on netflix if you're a fan of that show um fuller house season two another netflix show starts the 9th of december so there's that dirk gently's holistic detective agency as i was talking yeah which is a fantastic Fantastic book. book there is a it's actually been made by bbc america this show and uh, it's coming to Netflix. I was told off, uh, I don't know how I pronounced it before, but for not pronouncing holistic properly by somebody called Julie, who emailed and, and said... Sorry, Julie. What, what, how did you pronounce it then? I don't know. I can't remember. I'd have to go holistic. back and listen. But anyway, hol- so holistic. Yes. Holistic. Holistic, yes. So I don't know holistic. what I said last time. I must have been reading through it too quick. But anyway, yes. Um, she also mentioned that if we go on talking about something, I need to mention what the show is at the end of us talking about it if that makes sense right so otherwise they've got to rewind and work out what the show is oh (laughs) (laughs) so this is yeah um you're in trouble you're in trouble i know i know i was told off um so uh gently's holistic detective agency that's coming on the 11th of december to netflix it is a bbc america show but netflix have got the international rights for it it's fantastic. Douglas Adams stuff is just amazing. Yeah. It's somewhat changed from the Douglas Adams. What? Now that's going to upset probably as many people. Yes. Douglas Adams fans are pretty hardcore. Yeah. It's uh, Max Landis, son of John Landis, film director, mm-hmm. is the person that's uh, responsible for creating this version of it. So I, I don't know. It's got Elijah Wood in it as one of the characters, not playing Dirk. He's playing the sidekick. Right. 
and I think it's set in America as well. So uh, there are changes. Okay. Whether they're enough to put fans completely off, I don't know. But okay, we'll see. We'll find out. Sure, I'll be very vocal about it. Yes, I'm. Just I'm like sure I was you... with the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let's not start that again. <laughs> Um, so yes, that's that's coming. Max Landis also making remaking American Werewolf in London as well. <laughs> just as a side note, oh. that is his father's movie as yeah. well, and his father had rubber stamped it and okay. he's exact producing it. Okay. So uh, and uh, guys from The Walking Dead, the uh, Robert Kirkman from The Walking Dead, right. was also okay. involved with that as well. So that's another iconic movie. That yeah, I know. Oh. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, yes, sidetracked. Uh, so yes. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency uh, coming to Netflix on the 11th of December. Holistic. 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 Um, <laughs> also announced, um, I think it was yesterday, Bones season 12, the final season of that, is coming to Sky Living on the 16th of January at 9pm. So uh, that's that's the very last outing of that. It's 12 episodes long. That lost me a few seasons ago. Yeah, I do, there's only so many inventive ways you can find to kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yes, Bones season 12, 16th of January at 9pm on Sky Living. Uh, next week on TV, there is Dark Heart, which is actually on tonight. That starts on ITV Encore, stars Tom Riley from Da Vinci's Demons. And uh, that's a new two-part crime drama. I've no idea whether it's going to be any good or not. But uh, yeah, 9th of November at 9pm on ITV Encore. It's called Dark Heart. That okay. one. So give it a try. Red Oaks season two, which is the Amazon comedy about a tennis coach in the 80s. Um, I haven't watched any of it, so I have no idea whether it's any good or not. Starts Friday the 11th on Amazon Prime Instant. So that's Red Oaks Season 2. I don't, have you seen any of that? I've seen, yeah. I don't know whether it was a trailer. I've seen a bit. Yeah, it's the 80s, man. It's, it's quite cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll go try it. And uh, on Tuesday the 15th of November at 10pm, you've got uh, the Tonight show starring jimmy fallon that is coming to the e-channel for the first time and i know a lot of people have been saying tonight's show has been running on msnbc for ages i believe the version that's on msnbc is an edited cut down version right. it's like half an hour not the full hour show okay so this is actually supposed to be the full unedited show okay. now whether that's a good thing or a bad thing i don't know because I, my feeling about a lot of this sort of stuff is that all the really interesting stuff ends up on YouTube anyway. Yeah, it's true. So it's true. It's like James know. Corden's what. James yeah, it's Corden like James Corden. Anything interesting happens on James Corden. Yeah. You can you try just go and watch the show. YouTube. There's a lot of stuff that for a very UK viewer, yeah, is a bit lost. Yeah, you know, it's, exactly. It's like, I don't know who that is, so. or I don't. But so, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's tonight's show. That starts on the 15th of November at 10pm on E! So, that's everything for this week. So I go back to building my bunker. Yes, you can go back to building your bunker. <laughs> Playing your Fallout music. <laughs> I do have that. I do have that. <laughs> that soundtrack, yeah. It's a great soundtrack. Um, so, yes, if you want to find us throughout the week, you can go to geektown.co.uk and get all the latest news and air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, you can email us podcast at geektown.co.uk. Especially Dave's pronunciations. <laughs> yes. Keep those coming. <laughs> no, he needs to learn. No more. 
Um, you can leave a message on the website post. You can find us at Geek Town on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geek Town, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geek Town, or on Instagram at Geek Town UK. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.